Welcome to the Manager Tools Podcast for Monday, July 2nd, 2007. How to take notes. Hello everyone, this is Mike and welcome back to Manager Tools. During today's cast, we talk about an effective way to take notes. Look, if you go to meetings all the time, wait, no, wait, because you go to meetings all the time, you need an effective way to take notes. There are certainly a lot of different ways to do it, but if you ask a hundred or so executives that we know, some common themes emerge about what works and why. For most of us, we write too much and get too little value for all the wrong reasons. Now, we figure at about 10 meetings a week, and we know you go to more than that, it ends up being 5,000 meetings every decade. So maybe 25,000 meetings conservatively in your professional career. In other words, whether you realize it or not, you need to be good at note-taking and using them. Today, we talk about how. There are going to be some people who don't like this podcast. Uh, yes, I suspect you're right. There were some people who didn't like the hot wash cast. Yeah. Uh, and yet I recently got an email from a, from a colonel in uh, Iraq, uh, and they use the hot wash over there all the time to scrub missions and talk about it. So some people didn't like the hot wash cast. Some people didn't like DISC. Some people didn't like feedback. Some people didn't even like the coaching cast. But it doesn't change the numbers. I mean, conservatively, conservatively, we're talking, what, 25,000 meetings in one's career? Yeah, That's that, only two meetings a day. Yeah. I mean, I, I think the math, what do we decide? Two meetings a day, so 10 a week. Um, so if you have a um, – so that's 500 a year. And so if you have um, – a 50-year career from the time you're 20 till the time you're 70, thanks to the extension of lifespans and so on. We're talking about 25,000 meetings. I think some people could do the math. They could take a sample of a given month, and they could probably come up with 15 or 20 meetings a week. And then you're talking 50,000 meetings over the course of your, uh, over the course of your career. Uh, so I, I underestimated on purpose to, to, so that people wouldn't doubt that the big number was truthful, even though, quite frankly, it's just – Totally way low. No one's going to doubt that they're at least they're going to go to at least 25,000 meetings in the course of their career. After all those meetings, here we are, and none of us, or at least very few, have right. ever, ever been taught an effective way to take notes, at least in a biz- business setting. And we know that because I have seen their notes. <laughs> you have seen the light. <laughs> yeah, actually, no, I've kind of seen the darkness. Um, <laughs> Most folks' notes are not very effective, either because they write the wrong stuff down, because they write too much stuff, quite frankly. That's what I see. And they, and they literally, they admit it within five minutes of the meeting. That's the scary thing. Uh, or either they, they wrote the wrong stuff or they can't use what they wrote. Literally, they cannot remember enough within an hour after the meeting to take any action. Or perhaps even worse than all that, they don't take action based on the notes they wrote down, even though there may be to-dos and so on in there. Yeah, and, and that is sad because, of course, the reason for notes is action. Yeah, ex- essentially that's right. It, um, um, note-taking, if you learned note-taking, you learned it in school, where there's a different reason for notes. But, yeah, for a businessman, for, for a business person, for a professional, um, the reason for notes is action. 
um, you know, in school, the issue is memory. It's, it's remembering, and that helps you get good grades. But the primary reason a manager takes notes is to take action. Even though the concept is the same, if you put together that no basic understanding that so many of us went through school with, you change the purpose by, for which you're, you're undertaking the action, then you add a heck of a lot of volume, which is essentially what happens when you go to meetings that you're not running. Um, yeah, yeah, sure, yeah, sure seems we ought to be good at it, huh? Yeah, exactly. Okay, so what's the manager tool's effective note-taking guidance? Six things, yep. Not, not five and a half, not three and four quarters. Six, okay? Be selective. Use symbols and abbreviations. I think most people probably do that. Use drawings and diagrams. I'm surprised by how few people do that. Uh, no typing. We recommend the Cornell template and system, which we'll have on the web. Um, and um, we recommend taking action quickly. Those are the six. Great. Okay. Be selective. Look, this one's first because it's quite important. And yet, I'll tell you, that was the single biggest eye-opening experience of me working with executives and managers on their notes, asking to see their notes, asking what they were going to do with the notes, why they wrote it the way they did, and so on. Um, it, this, it's, it's amazing to me what people write. Look, look, the average speaker speaks at about 140 words a minute. And then there's me at 297, I'm sure, or something like that. Um, but the average person taking notes or writing writes about 25 words a minute. Yeah, and that, that works perfectly for me because I can only write down about one-sixth of what people say. And yeah. <laughs> uh, frankly, about only about one-sixth is worth writing down or is important. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can. Um, okay, perfect. Cast over. Write down every sixth word and you'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just kidding, of course. <clears throat> Yeah, but look, in all humor, there's truth. The problem is that too many people, and, and particularly high C's and more junior employees, not implying that high C's are junior at all. We wouldn't say that. Now, would we partner high C that you are? No, we wouldn't say that. Um, they just try to write down too much. I, I think for, for more junior employees, it comes down to lecture note taking, um, where you're just trying to capture a lot and then later distill it. Um, Look, you can't write it all down. And in most business meetings, you don't want to. You don't even want to be close to writing it all down. So you got to be selected. And you, you have to decide what to write down. You basically have to choose. Now, different meetings call on you to choose different things at different times. Um, but basically, our recommendation for what to write down boils down to the variant of, of our project management principle. Who, what, and when. If you hear about someone doing something or owning something, if you hear a deadline or if you hear about actions being taken by you or by anybody else, those are key points to write down. Okay. Um, when I was in school, I took lecture notes. In one class, it was a lecture. It was basically 55 minutes of lecture. I wrote down nearly every word the professor said. I wrote down very fast, and I ended, ended up developing my own shorthand with lots of words. Like if I had to write down Napoleon, I wrote down in with a circle around it. Um, and, and I actually had some guidance on how to take notes fast. And then... For every test, I just rewrote my notes very neatly, which is to say very slowly. Um, this is a pretty standard note-taking technique. Um, rewriting something causes you to have to reread something multiple times in order to write it, and, and I aced the course. I did very, very well. It was just literally regurgitation. Um, but courses in school are about memory, and work is about action. You can't take action on everything in every meeting, so therefore you don't take down everything in every meeting. We've got to write less. So therefore, 
um, we recommend who, what, and when, or the Horseman Law of Horseman's Law of Project Management, which who is going to do what by when. Yeah, and there's another point here I think that's worth mentioning around around being selective. And we we talk to a lot of executives, Mark, who who note that younger employees are often taking just voluminous notes. Yeah, and, scribble, and scribble, 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 a, scribble, 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 yes. Right, and they're spending a lot of time writing, mm-hmm. which means that they miss a big part of what's going on in the meeting itself. Yeah, exactly. You don't get to make eye contact with a boss. You don't pick up on the speaker's cues. You're just, you're not tuned in. You're not participating in the meeting. Right, So yes. this has made a great deal worse by the use of, of, of individual copies of PowerPoint that are often handed out at the beginning of the meeting. So the folks are not only writing lots of notes, they're, they're looking down at their, at their own copy of their presentation. So again, right. they miss out on all those political and our personal interplays in meetings. Yeah. Frankly, you know, the executives we talk to get the sense that folks are either reading ahead or just turning out a big part of the meeting. They're not, of course, but that's the impression they right. give. That's you know, the impression. And, and, and in the mind of the executive, an executive assumes that's what you're doing. Guess what? When it comes time for your review, that's what you were doing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what you're going to consume in the review. Yeah. And a, and a lot of me, you know, if they project the slides, for example, you can watch both the speaker you know, and the slides while you're, you know, having your heads up. So, so if that's the case, we recommend to do that. Um, you may not be able to write down as much, but you'll learn just as much. And that's the point because you're probably writing too much already. Yeah, I find when I go to meetings and they hand me a copy of the slides, I, I, I people often try to hand me a copy of slides that people are presenting. And if I know they're going to present them or project the slides, I don't need the slides. Uh, the slides are good, although I find that I remember much better if I don't have slides, because if I look at the slides, now, look, we're not saying don't use slides, we're not saying don't use PowerPoint, this is not a, a cast about PowerPoint, but what I find is, if I have a PowerPoint, then passively I accept those as my notes. The problem is, because I'm not writing notes, I tend to remember less. I think of the slides as notes, but I didn't write them, so I didn't reinforce them, so I remember less. So when people offer me slides, I, I often turn them down. Uh, I think sometimes they think I'm in the meeting and I already know what the slides are. Not true at all. I don't know the slides necessarily. In some cases I do, but in a lot of cases, a majority of cases I don't. The reason is I want to take notes. And when I take notes, I, I don't want to be looking down at my slides because if the slides are being projected, I can look right up there and write them in my own little notepad. Um, so yeah, I, I see a lot of people looking down at their slides and, and um, um, a meeting a bringing together of people with everyone sitting and having an individual experience makes no sense at all. It's a waste of corporate resources. You know, I, I, look, I, I think this is in part due to fear. People don't want to engage because they fear being wrong. They don't mind being wrong in the privacy of their own home, but being wrong in front of their peers is a different story. I think it's also a function of video games, uh, uh, TV, the individual com- experience you have with TV, the individual experience you have with a video game, um, and to selfishness that people don't want to interact with other people for whatever reason. And I think in general, it's ineffective. And and the more you're taking notes, the less you're engaging. And meetings exist to allow you to engage, take less notes, and take smarter ones. Focus on who is going to do what by when. We're not saying that's the only solution. It depends on your job. It depends on the meetings. It depends on the team of people you have and the kind of uh, work you're doing. Nevertheless, who's going to do what by when and write less? Yeah. Well, I'm glad you mentioned video games because I think 
there's some solutions to that on the horizon. I think, you know, the, the interactivity of things like Second Life are going to help solve that problem. Oh. <laughs> uh. Are we oh, going to talk about Are we going to talk about Second Life? No, no, we'll, we'll save no. that for another cast, but we we ought oh, okay. to. Yeah. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> Next one. Use symbols and abbreviations. Yeah, this is actually sort of sort of two different re- recommendations. We've lumped them together to, to so we didn't have seven steps, but but uh, let's tackle abbreviation first. And this is fairly commonplace. Yeah, many of you are probably patting yourself on the back and said, "Hey, I do that. I use abbreviations. That's good." Um we do think a lot of people know this and are using them. Uh, it's good because folks, people, people who say they feel good about their note taking and, and then pass tests that are, that they score high on retention, um, use lots of abbreviation. And, and here's, I had somebody tell me once, well, I don't use abbreviations because somebody else may not be able to read my notes. Let me just make this clear, folks. Nobody else ever needs to read your notes. <clears throat> somebody once said, well, HR may want to read them at some other point. Well, so HR may want to do a lot or my boss may want to do a lot, but he can't or she can't. Yeah, and you don't, you don't want to okay. read my notes because I might have a, a little symbol of a poindexter next to your name. And that's not good. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, but no, the point is they're your notes. You don't have to make them legible for anybody else. These are not legal documents. They only become legal documents if you carry them into a court of law and, and, and recite from them or talk about what the notes mean. Um, and I, I, I have had been in meetings and been in situations where I said, I can't read my own notes. And that, that's a very real problem, which we didn't talk about before, but, but, uh, writing less helps you write more legibly. And I would bet there are at least 25% and maybe as high as 50% of the, uh, the professionals who listen to us who are over 40. I could, I could be wrong about this. I'm just making a guess based on my experiences with clients. That 25 to 50% of those of us who are listening who are over 40 are, uh, uh, look at their handwriting and are appalled at how bad it is. Um, that includes those of us who are in the technical spaces who very likely had a, had a drafting class and learned how to do block lettering. And when it's done well, it looks fabulous. And yet we are appalled that we can't read our own writing when we write real fast. Um, and, and so, um, Abbreviations are a way to speed things up and write less, and that's good because it's much more likely to be legible. Um, yeah, and it's a lot more fun too. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, there, there is one thing though. Um, the one caveat to the rule about nobody else having to read it is your admin may need to be able to read it or know how to decipher your notes. But that's not a reason not to use abbreviations or symbols. It just means you may have to explain them every once in a while, or in the first couple of times, you may have to teach him or her what the notes or the symbols mean. Yeah, you're not going to use different symbols all the time. You're going to you're going to come up with a a set of a dozen and you use them ninety five percent of the time. And every once in a while, you you sit down with your admin and explain the others. It's right, pretty straightforward. Yeah, or and he'll come in and say, "What does this mean?" And you'll say, "Oh, that means Smith, who was in the meeting briefing." Okay, I've got it. All right. Now, the other thing is symbols. Um, executives whose notes allow them to recall well, who can look at their notes and says it means this and this and this and this and this, use symbols extensively. And again, when you see symbols, you see them using them around actions and about people and about deadlines, who's going to do what, by when. Okay. We recommend you use a, you use a standard symbol for, for people. For key people, maybe Ozan is an A circled and Horseman is an hey, H what is circled. That? What does that mean? What? Oh, that's my last a. name. Okay, never mind. Yeah, Ozan A. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, maybe you're an A student. That's why. You're, you're the Poindexter. You're an A student. I got an H. It's not even an F. I didn't even score an F. I got an H. 
Okay. Um, for me, if I put a cloud like shape, um, uh, around something that means a deliverable for me, a to do for me. And the reason I do that, it, it's, I don't recommend it for anybody else because I have a very angular style of taking notes. I use block printing when I'm doing, when I'm writing slowly enough so that anybody else can read it. And so a cloud stands out very quickly in all of my notes. The only time I ever use a cloud is when it's an action for me. Uh, I can go back through notes from months ago and find all the actions that I was supposed to do, some of which I did and some of which I didn't. Um, but but uh, that cloud means something. A box for me around something means a delegation. Usually I can tell if it's a task, I can tell who I'm going to delegate it to just by the type of task, but sometimes not, and I have to put initial spot or something like that. I've seen lots of people, um, oh, I'd say 30 to 50% of the executives or managers I, I, I asked about their note-taking thing, use a little square box with either an X or a check in it for a to-do, whether it was their to-do or something they were going to delegate. Look, it doesn't matter what you use. We're just trying to help you save time by writing less during and save time by seeing what's important easily after. That's all. Yeah. Okay. Excellent. Drawing and diagrams are next. Yeah. Draw, this is perhaps um, something I didn't, uh, I, I thought I was unique on, and I was absolutely not unique in any way, shape, or form. Um, managers whose note-taking systems are rated as very effective, who are able to recall, able to read their notes, able to understand connections, able to talk about timing in the meeting and who said what and subtleties and so on. And there's a way to test this. Um, are the, th- those who take, whose note-taking systems are, are, who, who, that are rated as effective are the ones who use lots of drawings and diagrams. The note-taking system I mentioned in the class that I used above, um, and one that's taught many places, is inefficient at work because it's simply about remembering what was said and not about what actions are supposed to be taken. It's obvious. It's implied when you're taking notes in class what the notes are for, for you to remember them and regurgitate them. At work, notes are designed to cause action, and there can be many different types of actions from a a similar phrasing or a similar set of situations. Okay, High retention notes have pictures in them for a simple reason. Your brain does not store words in lines on a page. It makes associations, it makes connections, it relates things to one another, and it gets emotion involved, like it or not. Okay, um, Pictures work for helping you remember enough to take action. Stars and lines and arrows and charts and circles and causal flow charts are all easier to write down, easier to remember, and easier to use later. And, and that really sums up the key to note-taking. Ease of capture, ease of memory, and then ease of action. Yeah, it's, it's right. You, you know what? You're right. Capture, memory, action. And drawings, right? Drawing something, using a chart or something, hit a stand-up triple because they get all three. Um, my favorite play in baseball, the triple. It's always dramatic. It's always good unless it's a Yankee triple. Yeah, and I used to live in New York. But you, but you grew up in San Francisco, right? You're, you're a Giants fan. Uh, of course. Yeah, I, I, I hate you and Yankee fans, too. I hate you, Juan Marichal. <laughs> I, I mean, really, how many people remember Juan Marichal when they can remember Sandy Koufax and Don Drysdale and, and Kirk Gibson, for that matter? I remember, folks, I remember when Billy Buckner was just a great guy who every fan in America loved him because he played for the Dodgers and everybody loves the Dodgers. Uh, and then he moved to Boston and they treated him badly. I grew up loving him, and I still do. Billy Bucks, you rock. Wherever you are, you rock. Whatever. (laughs) (laughs) 
How did we get on baseball? I don't know. Oh, the triple, I, I, the I don't triple know. thing. I was wondering yeah. the same thing myself, though, actually. The only thing most people know about triples is Willie Mays' gloves is where triples go to die, which was stolen for the movie Feel of Dreams. But triples truly are one of the dramatic, most dramatic plays in baseball. They're rare and they're fun. Yeah, and, and, and that's a great segue into our next point. No typing. <laughs> yeah, it's natural. I, I, I intended that as a show notes. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, no typing. I mean, I love that in meetings because um, I, I hated it when it happened. It killed meetings. Yeah, people would come in and you'd see everybody bring their laptop, right? Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I tell you what. There, you know, it, they used to. I mean, there was a there was a time period, a couple of years, when that happened, but then. Then the, then the culture kind of corrected itself, and that became much less acceptable. Yeah, I, I, I'll tell you what, though. I, I think that was the culture where you are. I think if you go out to California, you go to a lot of high-tech companies, I think a lot of the younger people and I think a lot of the techie executives are doing it. Mm. Um, and and I, don't, I, I don't believe I don't it like at all. And, and uh, the vast majority of executives I work with, the vast majority of managers would just raise their eyebrows if some new person came in and said, this is how I take notes. And the response would be, welcome to our world. We're not going to adopt your culture. You're going to adopt ours. I like we the are. whole flipping part of meetings is connect with people to share yes, information. Right. To, I, yeah. Little, uh, okay. Yeah. But actually what I want to do is I, I want to do email. And I can't do email if I don't have my laptop. Yeah. yeah. I would love to catch one of my directs doing email in one of my meetings. Look, if I'm the boss and one of my directs does his email in my meeting, there's a reason why it's my meeting because your laptop is going to stay on your desk or it's going to become my laptop because you're not going to work here anymore. I'm kidding. Um, and and, and speaking of laptops, what about typing? <laughs> Yeah, good. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, there are four reasons why we don't recommend typing. First, typing, again, creates words in a linear fashion. It doesn't make, it, it doesn't, it, it may allow ease of capture, but it does not allow ease of memory or doesn't allow ease of action. Um, uh, it is the least rich way to remember the kind of stuff that happens in meetings today. Okay. Second, it causes you to focus on your keyboard, just like taking too many notes does when you're writing furiously scribble, scribble, scribble. Um, and, and it really does it in a lot worse way because you have to think about typing as opposed to writing, which you're, most people are much better at and much faster at, quite frankly, even though people complain that they're not. Um, uh, third, it implies you may be doing something else. Now, let me just say something about that here. Uh, maybe you think it looks, makes you look cool or techy or busy or too important somewhere else to be fully engaged in my meeting. Well, folks, in most executive meetings I know, what it really screams is low-level person engages in stupid behaviors, putting personal efficiency and technical prowess above team effectiveness, who thinks tech is the way to get ahead, ignoring the boss is a way to get ahead, acting as if something else you might do is more important than the boss. Not in my meeting, folks. Not in the executive meetings I know. This ain't Star Trek. You ain't data. But the boss is still the captain, and you better be on board because it is lonely out there in outer space. Bang. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and look, and, and there are many of you that are saying, oh, Mark's on a soapbox again. You know, I've seen too many young people come into a meeting. They see the looks. They think, oh, well, they're just different. And they go through the whole meeting typing. And then somebody, some senior person says, no, don't say anything. Let's see if they come to another meeting and do that. And they get taken aside and they get said, and they're told, hey, um, you know, you spend all your time looking at your keyboard. I don't know if you're doing mail or not. And the person says, no, 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 I wasn't doing mail. Well, we thought you were. 
Um, and we just prefer you take notes and interact with us. And the last thing we want to do is hear you start talking to us while you're looking down at your keyboard. Yeah. Well, and sometimes people mistake that you don't, you're not on a soapbox for a reason. You're on a soapbox because you see so many people yeah, doing this. Well, and there are a lot of our listeners who are doing it who don't think it's a problem. And you're simply trying to help them. Yeah. Yeah. I see too many people do it. And they seem surprised as if, well, this is just a clash of cultures. Yeah, it is. And that's okay. Sometimes, the, and there are parts of the culture that's good. And, and uh, I think the same people who are using um, notebook. Uh, uh, PCs are, are, are using other devices or pushing other devices that are helping us be more efficient, like Blackberries in the middle of the night and so on. And there are good things associated with technology. We, you and I both love technology. We love gadgets. We, we use them to be terribly efficient and answer email on the road and all that kind of stuff. And this is not one of those times where technology can help you. Yeah. Now, I noticed, though, that you, you said no typing. You did not say no computers. No, I didn't. Uh, and I know where you're going. And you're right, and I'll let you make the point, but I'm going to make a clarification. I said no typing. Blackberries and trios have keyboards. That's typing. Okay? The moment you get into that keyboard, you're out of the meeting. And if everyone is out of the meeting, think about that. Meeting, right? Then there is no meeting. Yeah. Don't do it. Don't yeah. do it. Okay. Yeah, the Blackberry prayer, the trio prayer, we see you. <laughs> And and don't tell us you're taking notes because even if you are, that's not efficient or effective or professional. Yeah. Yeah. And, and our fourth point is, is really a quite simple one is, but we do see a lot more value than we did just a couple of years ago in note taking software on tablet computers. On tablet computers. Yes. Yeah, I totally yeah. agree. Yeah, yeah. 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 We both see really good results from folks taking notes in meetings using OneNote, which I love. Yeah. But if, if you really want to do that and can develop some speed, it helps with the capture, with memory, right. and then it helps with use. So we're, we're cautiously optimistic about it, although, again, we don't see it working on one-on-ones. Yeah, I think their directs still feel like there's a distraction cloud hanging over your head when you use one. Uh, but in group meetings, um, I, I think they do work. And if you find that that note-taking technique helps you, then that's great. Now, if the boss walks around behind you and he sees you do an email, you're at risk. You might, you might as well have a laptop in your hand. Yeah, I think there's, um, some, there's, there's some other alternatives, too. I think, uh, didn't Steve Holden send us a note recently about oh, one that's of right. these pens that uses, uh, it uses special paper, which I don't terribly like, but um, it's a pen and it, it, it has a lot of the functionality of these uh, tablet computers. Yeah, I, I, I think uh, stuff like that is fabulous. Uh, if we can figure out a way to allow me to handwrite uh, and yet allow there to be capture associated with that. That sounds pretty good to me. Uh, right. I could I could get excited about that. Yeah, the, the issue is not the fact that we're using computers. The fact is that in most cases, the technology is getting in between you and the person or people you are, you're talking about. Yes, that's, that's a problem. great way to put it. You're right. So the technology can, gets between you. can avoid you. that issue that we, we don't really have any issue with using technology, of course. Right. Okay. Next one. Use a Cornell template and system. Yeah, um, this is a, this is a, we recommend the system, the Cornell system is a starting point for those who are, uh, are uh, uh, looking for a template, a way to start their note taking, the concept of note taking, um, to begin to develop their own effective way of capture and member and remember and use. We have a template on the web that's a blank Cornell system form. You can make your own using ours. It's not hard. We've left ours in a word format so you can manipulate it if you want. Um, the, the Cornell system has two components. Uh, one is the form, and the other is how to use the form. So let's start with the form. The form starts with a standard sheet of paper. 
Uh, you can scale this down. We'll give you both the standard dimensions and also the percentages, if you will. In the U.S., it's 8.5 by 11. In Europe, it's A4, which is about 8.3 by 11.7, a little bit narrower and a little bit taller. Sorry, mates, for the use of inches. I know you measure it in uh, metric. Uh, it's a smarter system, and America is just behind. Um, but for all intents and purposes, roughly 8 and some by 11 and some is roughly the same. Uh, the system says that you need a place on each sheet of paper to do three things. Does that sound familiar? So there are three parts. On the right side of the page, roughly 75% of the width of the page is for raw notes. We're going to call that the capture space. Okay. On the left, roughly 25% of the left-hand side of the page is the memory area. I think the system actually calls it the Q, but, but, and, and that's C-U-E to Q you to something, not Q as in li lining up. Um, but, but we're going to call that the memory area. Um, it stays blank while you're capturing raw notes in a meeting. We'll talk about that in just a little bit. In the bottom 20% of the page, all the way across, just a solid rectangle, is what's called the summary system, and we call that the action area. Okay? Basically, if you want to create this, you draw a vertical line from the top of the page down to within two inches of the bottom of the page, two, two and a half inches, and that separates the capture section from the memory area. Capture on the right, memory on the left. Okay? Two inches from the bottom of the page, you draw a horizontal line across, and the area below that, that rectangle, is the action area. That's the form. Um, and, and the measurements are a little bit different depending upon the 25, 75, and bottom 20%, uh, depending upon using A4 or standard uh, US, which is 8.5 by 11. Here's how you use it. You take raw notes, your capture, you capture stuff in the capture area. And I just want to say something real quick. If you're wondering, there's really two choices in terms of what to capture. Not only is, is choosing, as we talked about earlier, about being selective – there's also a way to, let's say a speaker says something important, but it's a 30-word sentence. Probably not all 30 of those words are valuable. Maybe 10 of them are valuable. And so the general way that note-taking is taught to sort of uh, um, freeze-dry, if you will, the commentary and take the the uh, modifiers and amplifiers and the the, the – uh, conjunctions and all that stuff, and, and, and uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, apostrophes, uh, what do we call that, Mike? Shoot. Oh, punctuation. Punctuation is the word you're struggling yeah. with. Sorry, okay. yeah, sorry. Um, we get rid of punctuation, we get rid of uh, 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 conjunctions, we get rid of uh, um, participles and all that kind of stuff. We get rid of that, and you get down to nouns and verbs, really what it boils down to. And, of course, nouns and verbs tell you who's going to do what by when, just so you know. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And, yeah, and, and the way you can think about that is you think about the old telegraph system, okay? The old telegraph, when they charged by the word, didn't say, we will meet you next Friday in Atlanta downtown. It says, meet Friday, Atlanta downtown. That's the telegraphic system. So that's one way to reduce how much stuff you write. We should have mentioned that earlier, um, but I got excited about the who does what by when um, in terms of being selective. But look, you capture your notes on the right-hand side and that's 75% um, on the top of the page. Um, <clears throat> when you're done, you review your notes and you either ask questions. Of, uh, in other words, you review the notes and you abstract out from the notes questions that then point toward the notes and you write those questions in the left-hand side, in the uh, the memory area, or what the, the system calls the Q area. Um, 
I also see, see it a little differently. Um, I've seen a lot of people, they, they don't write notes, they don't write questions so much as they write headings with arrows pointing to key points. Sometimes the key points are right on top of one another, sometimes they're evenly spaced. So it's not just purely an outline, it's a weighted outline based on what you think is really important in the meeting, okay? Um, you're basically providing organization visually and memory-wise to what you wrote. Once you've done that, at the bottom, after the meeting's over, um, you summarize your notes by writing down what actions you're going to take. Um, it's simple. I actually use it, and if I don't have a form, and I rarely do, um, I just use in my notebook that I take with me to clients, I just basically divide the page in 25 and 75 and leave a little bit of room at the bottom, and I try to write all my cloud notes down at the bottom. Yeah, I love um, the paper. I, I use this notebook from Levenger, and it has yes, the, yeah. it has the left-hand column already on the paper, which is great. Yes, really nice. Uh, and that Levenger paper, you really like it. It's really oh, high quality. It. Oh, yeah, I love it, yeah. yeah. It takes a pen really well. Um, as much as we write, uh, it seems kind of sad to be writing on really, really cheap, bleached white um, copy paper. Uh, writing on nice paper every once in a while is a, is a nice reminder that um, the world is a very rich place indeed. Um, so look, uh, 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 um, you basically capture your key stuff, capture your notes, you call out the key points in the memory or the cue section on the left, and then you rewrite your actions and your to-dos down at the bottom. And rewriting them has saved me many times because I capture it, but because I catch ones that I missed. And I, I'm still not as good at this as I should be, and I still see my remember myself saying okay i don't want to really write that down but i'll remember that and then of course i forget it and yeah. it gets worse as you get older folks so you might as well start taking good notes now yeah and it's, that's pretty comprehensive it goes to our core issues of capture memory and action and yes. the the last part being just incredibly important i think you know the whole point of it is to have actions coming out of it right, so, right. which leads us to our next point which is what about take action quickly yeah, this, this really ought to go without saying, and, and technically it isn't part of note-taking, but it is important for what notes allow us to do, the reason notes exist, but it's not note-taking itself. Basically, notes help you transfer thoughts and ideas from your short-term memory, which is very brief, momentary, uh, to what we call, what, what, what psych, psychiatrists or psychologists call working memory, which lasts for a few hours. Notes get you from short-term memory, what you just heard, to working memory. And the great thing about that is that buffer lasts for a couple of hours, and the whole point of taking notes is to take action on that in some fashion, and the notes get you to that working memory so you can review it and decide what actions to take. So the way to, the way to nail down that which you need to remember for longer than a couple of hours is to act on it. Okay, We're not going to quiz you on whether or not you remember something six months ago. We want to know whether or not you did anything with it. Okay. And that means, and here's the key point, getting it off the note-taking page and into your action system, your task-tracking tool, your outlook, your, your getting things done, your daytime, your notepad, whatever it is you use, your action, your task management system. Tasks need to stay together. You need to be able to look at all of your tasks. Having a task captured, a to-do, right? Another word for a task. Having a task captured within your notes and then trying to keep track of all of your notes so that you can find any of your tasks related to a particular project is maniacal. It's just crazy. It's dangerous. It's yeah, dangerous. that's hard. Yeah. It messes up capture and action. Uh, it, 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 it shoves them together in the wrong way. Uh, and, and those two things are processed very differently on your brain. Yeah. And basically act quickly and your notes are working for you. Yes, exactly. Uh, yeah, this also reminds us to think carefully about how to employ our admins more effectively. 
Right. But using them to get capture notes into actions is a key activity for many of the executives we know. So right. much so, it's used, I mean, it's used constantly in movies to show a busy and effective executive. I mean, you, yeah, you see, is. right, the, the, the guy's walking yeah. down the hall or the, the right. lady's walking down the hall and, and talking a mile a minute to their admin. The admin's writing things down furiously. I mean, right. It may seem a little dismissive to but, the admin. Yeah, but it's not. But, but it's, it's not. not. In fact, it's an executive doing what's important, getting their brain back on what's important, which yeah. is not filing tasks, but taking actions, right? Exactly. Making decisions and taking actions. It's not a matter of note-taking and capture. It's a matter of activity after that. What's important and what should I do? It's a Drucker analysis. What should I be doing right now? What's the most valuable use of my time? And it's certainly not transferring tasks into a task management system. Yep. Capture, remember, act. Yep. Okay. So here again are our keys to note-taking. Be selective. Use symbols and abbreviations. The best executives we know do it all the time. Right. Drawings and diagrams to build connections between things and actions. Right. Yep. No typing. Use a Cornell template and system and take action quickly. Yep. Excellent. Thanks, my friend. My pleasure, sir. See you later. Well, there you go. That's it for note-taking. Before we go, though, I want to remind everyone about our upcoming Effective Managers Conference in September in San Antonio. We have just a few slots open, so now would be the time to register. If you're interested in registering, just go to the website, www.managertools.com, and you'll see links for the conference registration there. All right, everyone, have a great one, and we'll see you all again next week. So long. So long.